Yo, 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 y'all already know what it is. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you at right now. Tuned in to another Camper Chronicle Productions. This is the Bringing the Wood Podcast, and I'm your host, D Wood, up to no good on this Thursday. And y'all know, back in the building, man, faithfully, my big bro. Thanks again, big chase in the building. How we doing today? I'm doing great. Great, great day to be alive. You know, you know, especially for you, sir. Uh, you know, we was up a little late last night yeah. celebrating. Big, big day for you yesterday. Brother yeah. just turned 40. Congratulations Thank again, you. man. You know, happy birthday again. Got to sit on the air for the people. Yeah, you know, my, my, my dog is up there in age, man. <laughs> trying, I'm trying to get there. Don't trip slowly yeah. but surely. So, again, congratulations. Stress. Yes, yes. Congratulations, man, on, 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 you know, the milestone on reaching another age. Uh, it's another day for sports. Um, Obviously, we'll get into the NFL and all the trades. When that's when that time comes, we switch over to the NFL. Uh, NBA talk, big news is Nash and the Nets parting ways. I feel like I've been kind of speaking on it, you know, talking about it over the last season or two, just, you know, everything that's just been going on with Nash. I kind of think that was the right decision. But before we even get in there and we'll go too deep into that, uh, we'll talk about the most recent news is uh, Josh Primo being cut by the Spurs uh, out of nowhere last week. And, um... He was 19 years old, was the youngest player drafted uh, last year in the draft, or the year before last because we just had a draft. And um, number 12 pick, I want to say, in the draft, 12 or 9. A lottery pick. Yeah, he was definitely a lottery pick um, out of Alabama. Yeah. Solid, solid player uh, as a rookie. But, um, you know, he made the post saying he got to work on his mental. And um, that was a week ago. And just today, like literally as I was on my way over here, um, He's being sued by a former employee of the Spurs for exposing himself to her over nine times. That is the that's wild. Yeah, that's the word on the street. So you know, and um, obviously, if any of this is true, this guy obviously this is why he left the league so he didn't get suspended <laughs> because they were just going to suspend you or kick you out the league. So you just kind of help be just you know get there and help them get to this decision quicker. But um, it was definitely a, a shock. Especially for it to happen in the Spurs organization. But again, Spurs handled it swiftly. Didn't let him hang around. Mm-hmm. Ain't no kicking it. Ain't no let's try to make this work. Like, let's get you out of here. Go get you some help. We even give you some money. Picked up his option uh, for this for next season and gave him $4 million to go. Like, here, you know, you're going to need some money. Go get yourself right. So, shout out to the Spurs and Pop for always looking out for players and things like that. But um, it definitely was a shock. And, um... Definitely was a surprise and definitely weird, I'll say, to say the least. Absolutely. I mean, they're saying, I mean, I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Right. His attorney is saying, saying, basically saying that she's either lying or blowing it out of proportion. It was the the woman in question was the, the psychologist for the team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's going to be some he say, she say. But, you know, it's it's a lot. It's definitely a lot more going on that they've, they've uh, released to the public yes so we'll, we will definitely find out in the days to come right no definitely and then it's just been a um i've been calling our place the circus in my house in brooklyn for a minute now since for a while now and it it seems to only only get better in a in a in a, in a worse way it only gets better as you become more of a madhouse and um like i said i was talking to before we talked about josh primo um, we agreed to mutually part ways with Nash. And again, I felt, I, I ain't gonna say I felt it coming. Not this soon. Definitely not this soon. It's way too early. But again, all the complaints I've been saying that I had, that I was giving him a pass for, 
I guess I felt the Nets organization felt the same way I did. It's all the same things with the um, not being able to make adjustments, um, not really getting players in the right position to make plays, not necessarily playing the right players. Uh, that's one of those things I have a problem with. Like, we signed the Morris twin, and I think he played in, like, the first game of the season, and we don't play the Morris twin. He'd be buried on the bench. Uh, and that's just one of those players where I think it can really help because, um, yeah, um, Nash definitely didn't look like he was in control. And I think as a coach, like, you know, you got to have respect in the locker room. And I don't think he was respected in the locker room or had control over the locker room. And I think that's why a lot of the things um, happened the way they did. And that's why KD wanted him out. And that's why he or he wanted out because he kind of could see the writing on the wall. But unfortunately, again, KD, this is the guy you wanted. This all goes back to the beginning point. Like, this is the guy you brought in. You got Kenny Atkinson fired for Steve Nash to come in and be our coach. And now, two years later, three years later, you're like, yeah, I, this guy can't coach. Yeah, he can just, he's a, he, was your, he was your shooter's coach. Yeah. Respectfully, yeah. he was your shooter's coach for the, on the Warriors. That was it. And then thrusted him to a head coach job. He didn't even sit on the bench on the sidelines in the games. Like, a shooter's coach don't be on the sideline. He's standing in the tunnel yeah. in the game. Do you feel me? And watch the game from the tunnel. Like, you're not even on the bench. So, I definitely thought he was thrusted into a position he didn't work for. And, you know, that's another, you know, problem yeah. in, <laughs> that we have. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But, again, um, I definitely, you know, been complaining about him. And as we can see, the Nets were kind of through them too. And, obviously, we were uh, talking about it. And then we seen the Ime uh, Udoka uh, news break where we were interested in him. And also, um, Quinn Snyder, the ex-Utah uh, Jazz head coach. Two very good coaches. Obviously, Coach Udoka is suspended for the season for his own uh, okay. I mean, well, situation by the Celtics, the Celtics not by the NBA. Right. Because technically, what he did isn't an NBA problem. It's a, it's a, it's a personal team problem. So it's a team policy problem. So we could we could potentially get him if we were to get him. It would be in like a trade. Obviously, we would send him either money, compensation, or picks, which we always trade our picks. We ain't had none in like forty years, so. You know, it'll be the conversation of money or picks or both for us to get him. And we'll probably have to pay some of his contract out from Boston and things like that. If that was to happen, um, Josiah came out, our owner, and said that he hasn't uh, even started looking for a head coach yet. He doesn't have a candidate. But obviously, that's what you would say on the surface if you were working out a deal anyway, because you don't want everybody in your business. So, um where do you stand on all of these things, man? Just uh, you know, just pick up the ball and, and go from for wherever you feel. Um, I mean, I kind of seen it coming. Um, even when Steve Nash first came in, it was like Steve Nash. Like, mm-hmm. when did he start coaching? Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Obviously, being out here, we knew that he he worked with Golden State mm-hmm. and and helped as a shooting coach and everything. But like, being an NBA head coach, like that type of leap from. Like you said, not even sitting on the bench during the games to being the man in the games. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, a, a huge stretch. And then even when they brought Kyrie in, like, you just seen the lack of respect. And it was like, yeah, we don't even really need a coach. Like, we, you know what I'm saying? We could coach our... Like, it's like, man. It was doomed. It was doomed from the beginning. So, and then uh, in the offseason when they was asking, you know, Katie, when he wanted to come back, you know, Steve Nash needs to go. The GM needs to go. It was like, how do you come back from that? Like, it was, 
it was uh it was kind of set up and then with this start you kind of felt it coming like yeah they're gonna make some changes and here we are mm -hmm. now where do you go like you have a talented roster but you underperforming exactly don't play no defense um, you got Ben Simmons issues. Man, uh, Ben, yes. Got, still got the injuries that you got on the team. Yes, yes, definitely. So, it's like, you need somebody to come in. Like, Idoka would be good, but I'm not sure I want to deal with that those type of issues. Yeah, like, I'm not sure if you, again, especially on top of what you already got going with right. yourself. And we, just, we're terrible with 21st in points per game. Uh, only thing we do well is block shots. We lead the league in blocks, which technically is defense. But necessarily, it's like we're getting blue by, and and Claxton is rim protecting, mm -hmm. which is solid. But at the same time, we give up a lot of points in the paint. We're bottom five and giving up points points in the paint. So it's like it's either he's gonna block it, or y'all gonna score. So it's still uh, like you said, bro. We don't really play defense. We play in spurts. But um, again, uh, Jock Vaughn takes over yeah. as the uh, interim coach. So, like you said, even if, like you said, whether it's Adoka, Quinn Snyder, or somebody else out there in the world that we ain't looked up yet, uh, he basically gets a full season, though, to get a swing at this. We, what, seven, eight games in? Yeah. Get about 70, 75 games to make a case for yourself. And yeah. Jock Vaughn ain't a horrible coach. He had a little bit of success while he was with Orlando and even with us prior to with Kenny Atkinson, before we signed Kenny Atkinson. Yeah. So, like, I, I like Jock Vaughn. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's not not a huge name, right? But he's a a well known name, and he's like you said, he's had success. He knows what he's talking about. Like if you're looking for somebody with plays, you want somebody with a system, Jacques Vaughn has that. Mm -hmm. Now he's no he's no Quinn Snyder or Ime Doka, but right. you never know. He might be exactly what y'all need. What we need, you know, not too high, not too low, because yeah. we got enough talent to where we don't respectfully need a super coach. Yeah. But we do need somebody who know what they're doing and can still get the best out of the players we have. And I think that was what, like we said, Nash was lacking. It's like you weren't bringing the best out of the players we had. And, again, nobody respected you, bro. That's a, that's, that's a terrible thing as a head coach to not be respected in the locker room. So. Especially if the stars aren't not respecting you. Which, <laughs> which means who, who should yeah, then? Right. Who really should? Like if the stars don't respect you, who should respect you? No, let me know. But uh, it was it was it was definitely uh, like I said, it's a madhouse. Now everybody talking about is we trading KD, is we trading Kyrie, and obviously, like I said, Josiah made his uh, a statement after Nash was uh, fired or parted ways, mutually split. However, they want to you know sugarcoat it, but he came on and said we're not trading KD, we're not trading Kyrie, we're just looking for a new head coach, and we're not in a rush. I think we should kind I ain't gonna say we shouldn't be in a rush, but we should prioritize finding a coach to fit with what we have. Because now I feel like we're a revolving door now. Like I feel like this is the same problem. We got a bunch of talent, but we don't have the person to coach them. And the one person we did have to coach I actually liked since we've been here is Kenny Atkins. And I thought he was a really good coach and I thought he would have done well with this talent. Cause he did a lot with D'Angelo Russell being our best player. You know what I'm saying? He took us. We were a playoff team. The other also made an all star for the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> so you know, those are things that I seen. I was like, okay, now you give him a Kyrie Irving, you give him KD, and then would have spun around and got James Harden or Ben Simmons. Like you know, he would have had a lot of talent to work with. Now he's just sitting on the Warriors staff, assistant coaching, getting a ring. Could have took the Kings job. They say he offered a couple jobs, turned him down to stay on the Warriors. 
to just parlay another, maybe another ring or two, and then go out and get a big bag and be a head coach again. And he's going to be a good coach because he was before he got fired. Because he got fired because somebody didn't want him, not because of what he couldn't do. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I really don't know who, what direction we're going to go in. Obviously, like you said, they're throwing out a bunch of coaching names for us. So, we'll see. We'll stay tuned. Obviously, this is one of the biggest things that's broken the NBA so far, especially to be this early. Definitely wasn't expecting Nash to be fired seven games in. Again, expecting him to be fired? Yeah. But not this soon. Obviously, uh, like you said, Jock Vaughn's been on the team, so he's, he, he see what we got. He know what the caliber of players is. I just hope he plays some more players. I feel like we got a few players that don't play that we brought in. I'm still waiting for TJ Warren. This guy is still hurt. Still not playing is crazy. Like we ain't seen this man since he was averaging thirty in the bubble, and we ain't seen him since. And it is it is mind blowing that like he has not played in so long. And we kind of look like we need him for real, for real. Him, uh, Royce O'Neal's look decent. I like him in spurts. And then Curry and Joe Harris just got to kind of consistently get healthy and uh, get the eight feet underneath them. But but yeah, a solid roster though. Yeah, and that's the and I think that's the problem. It's like we have talent on the roster. There's no way we shouldn't be successful. Facts. And speaking of talented rosters, uh the defending champs, again, like we talked about last week, they are not just not clicking right now. Oh, they took a L yesterday to the Miami Heat. Or was that the day before yesterday? Um, I think it was the day before yesterday. Day before yesterday, yeah, when they lost to the Heat. And um it's just like, man, I don't really know. You know, you don't want to blame it on uh, the uh the obvious. You don't want to blame it on the, the, the drama going right, on. Right. But just looking, I think early, because it's we're real early, they're missing the guys they let walk. Yeah, because the young yeah, guys aren't good. ready yet. That's yeah. So I, I'm so let's not don't yes. jump the gun and think that the Warriors aren't still the Warriors. But the Kamingas, the Moody's, Poole, and wow. Wiseman, yeah. yes. and these guys, they aren't ready yet. And that comes from not being able to play because of the GPs and the Damian Lees and the Auto Porters. All these guys were here and have been here uh, and playing reps. So, you know, it was just they didn't get to play that much. Wiseman missing all last year with an injury. Moody was buried on the on the bench. Uh, Kaminga came in and played in defensive mm-hmm. spurts, but again, that's not a lot of reps and not a lot of meaningful reps. But I think that's that's what that's the beauty of sports is you can have all the talent, like you can measure talent, you can measure size, physical ability, you can't measure chemistry and and just the grit, the ones mm-hmm. who, and a lot of those guys that they let go. Or you see it all, all type of championship teams. Every time somebody wins a championship, and it's like, man, like you look at those guys that don't get the big names. Like you look at like a, like a go to football for example, like like Doug Baldwin and 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 J. Ron Curse, Curse, all them dudes. And it's like nobody would draft or sign those guys because they're not great players. But on that team, they fit and they plays when they need to make. Like, it's knowing your role is sometimes just as great as having a superstar. Mm-hmm. Those special role players. When you let those guys walk, go to other teams, thinking, oh, well, if I can fill this role player with the with the with the 
mm-hmm. more talented player. Mm-hmm. But sometimes those talented players don't have that don't mindset. Don't have that mindset to just fill that role. Right. Because they want to do more. They because be they like, can. Right. Yeah, you know, so I was, it, it kind of throws out the chemistry, the timing. Because the, these dudes is focused on being where they need to be. This is where I need to be. This is what I need to do. This guy, like, man, I'm going to make a play. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get some shine. And it could throw off your whole quest for a championship. Yeah, now just watching the games and I was looking. And I'll be looking and I'm like, okay, yeah. It's early, but you can see, okay, they miss Juan T there. Okay, yeah, they they missing they missing him there. Okay, yeah, this is where GP would be doing this. Little GP two would do this here. Oh, this is where Damian Lee would come in. Yeah, and he would play those. You but see, he you did. See, but then when you see these players on other teams, you're like, man, they're what they do is working, working. for this thing. Like you see Damian Lee getting big minutes. Big minutes, yeah. Uh, you see JT getting yeah. Juan T play big minutes yep. for for the Lakers, mm-hmm. and you see GP about to come. They just wait for them to come yeah. off injury. So it's he, like, man, and you, you see the defense that the, that, the on, defense now. they playing over there in Portland, boy. They about to add GP to that, and like you said, and they looked good last night, even in a loss with no Dame. Uh, Anthony Simons, bro. He's him. He is. He is just <laughs> trying. He just slowly like, hey, I got you. You could start seeing like I started seeing a little bit of it. I didn't know if he could sustain it to that. I never thought he'd be the player he is now. But I, I seen how he's playing. I was like, man, he's like a, he's a bigger, CJ McCollum. Like mm-hmm. he can do what CJ McCollum's doing. Not Definitely. the same type of style, but he's way more athletic. Mm-hmm. He can score the ball. He can play D, and that's what you miss with CJ because CJ's not gonna play with him and Dame. Those are two. Offensive-minded guards yeah. who are not really going to defend anyone. Yeah. Anthony Young, he's athletic. Athletic, big. He going to defend. Right. And he does very good at yeah. defending. He enjoys it. So it was like, I seen when we traded him, and I was like, if you're not going to trade Dame, your next best player. Got to go. Got to go. And then you see that he stepped, Anthony steps in. And my bad, Anthony. Right, Anthony. Steps get him, in. Get him right. And he's looking like... He's that guy. Yeah, so. he's 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 he looks he yeah, looks very good. And they, you know, get get it together. They got a really really nice roster. Yeah, definitely. Them, like I say, them and the Utah Jazz are the are the the Jazz ball the bell of the ball right now. Yeah, the Utah Jazz. Are, I I I feel still feel disrespectful because I didn't look up the Utah Jazz coach name like I said I would, but bro, they are playing <laughs> extremely well, bro. The Utah Jazz are are. They every time I I just watched them. They actually just lost the other night uh, to Milwaukee. I think it was Milwaukee, not Milwaukee, but um, God, who were they playing last night? Uh, Will Hardy. Will Hardy is the Utah Jazz head coach. Will Hardy. Noted. <laughs> Would know this dude if I seen it. <laughs> I never even heard of this man. Who bench was he sitting on? All right. Was he on the jazz bench the whole time? You know, that's the type of stuff the jazz will do. Keep it all in-house. Yeah, man. No, the the jazz are 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 they're surprisingly the from the Spurs? Hmm. He was one one season as assistant with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Last year. He was ah. on that team. Okay, good team. Yeah, but before that he was on the Spurs for yeah. eleven years. Man. He's the youngest active head coach in the You know where to go get him from, bruh. You know where to go get oh, yeah. them boys from. The Jazz right now are six and three. They tied for second in the West right now, behind the Trailblazers and the Suns. Uh, again, bro, Louis Marketing, Jordan Clarkston, Mike Conley, Colin Sexton, them are some of the household names you would know on the Jazz right now <laughs> that are uh 
Bro, they look very, very well. If you haven't seen the Jazz play, they're gonna start getting some more televised games because they're so competitive. Um, so you definitely could look forward to that. They damn near took out Luca in them last night, but Luca put on Luca heroics like he does yes. also well, and you know pulled the game out. But again, yeah, the Jazz are playing well, and. I, Remember, I said Luca's my early MVP. You did say that. I don't know if y'all been watching Luca Doncic, but you looking real uh, <laughs> MVP right now. You feel me, man? That man, thirty point what? Seven games. He didn't drop thirty points like five out of seven games, maybe almost all seven. But again, that's Luca Doncic. That's a he's a, a he's a next level type of player in the league. And um, he's, a, he's a, a, a thrill to watch again, but I was really watching to watch the Jazz to see how good they really are. They're really, really good. And they got to be just well coached for starters, like, you know? And it comes from, as we just found out, when you sit on the Spurs bench for 11, you're going to learn a thing or two. And I, a, lot of, a lot of the coaches that come from under the Popovich umbrella are actually successful. He's he's the opposite of what Belichick does in the NFL. Yes. He's like the polar opposite. It's like, you, I'm actually going to teach you something here when you come here. So when you leave here, you don't put nothing bad on my name. No, he has a very extensive coaching tree that has branched out to many other teams having championships. So many other season. championships, bro. Like, Pop is... He's my he is the goat to me of coaches. Obviously, you know you got your other guys. You got you got Pat, you got Phil, you know, you got those guys. Yeah, but, but hey, when you look at it, like I, people say that type of thing, but like especially with, with Phil Jackson, and you look at the triangle offense and how you run why does nobody else run it? Yeah. It's crazy. It's like it was he like he didn't nah, teach it to nobody. Or? I don't know. I don't <laughs> think he taught that either. He didn't like you you it's really hard to explain because, like you said, nobody runs it. Nobody runs a variation of it. Right, but nobody. you see, it's like it brought so many championships. And then even when you got star players, it's like the way that they shared the ball, like here, 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 here. And that the offense was – it was the star of those teams. Yeah. The way they ran it and how it was so successful. And it's like why nobody else – uh, adopted this offense. Phil ain't getting nobody, nobody the game. Which, like you said, Phil seems like a very old real-life – Cards to the chest type of dude. Like, yeah, no, I'm not teaching y'all this. Y'all not about to come out here and triangle me back in the future. Like, no. Man, I can say that. <laughs> but, uh, no, um, again, uh, Kings got to uh, gotta bounce back, bro. They are uh, they start off real slow. I expected better. Darren Fox is out right now, so obviously that's going to slow them down. Uh, Keegan Murray uh, has been up and down as a rookie mm-hmm. so far. He had a couple down games, but his first game was pretty good. Um. Obviously, you know my my woes with Mike Brown, but again, this is real early in basketball. We got an eighty-two game basketball season, so we ain't gonna start hitting the panic button and hoop till like another fifteen games in. You know what I'm saying? Fifteen games from now, twenty games in, we'll start to make our assumptions and and really let you know who needs to do what. But right now, it's early. I just think the Kings need to uh, settle down. I'll say that in the games I've watched, they in a lot of these games, they're actually winning the game versus the Heat. Uh, uh, pretty much for a lot of the period of the game. But, um, and like you said, this is with no De'Aaron Fox. Davion Mitchell played very well in his absence. Uh, the rookie from Baylor they took a few years ago. Um, I really just think that um, they got a, a control in the second half. They they kind of going on the slide. In the second half, teams make adjustments. And it's still, you know, my Mike Brown uh, theory. 
But again, they'd be in a lot closer because they play great defense. Uh, they still play very, very good defense. He's always been a great defensive coach, so uh, it shows. But again, he has to be able to make adjustments in the second half um, and, and get stops and buckets late. Like again, Tyler Hero made a big shot late, so re respect to Tyler Hero, six man of the year. So he's a he's a baller. But um, I do like uh Kevin Huter. He's been playing well since he got there. Uh, I thought Malik Monk should have got the start, but I see why they started Huter. He's better. He's definitely been uh doing his thing um as the two guard for uh for the Kings. Yeah, and I like I like Huter. He was I liked him on uh Atlanta, mm -hmm. but I think he kind of got lost in. And all the young talent they have over there. Yeah. So he's selling in nice, and he's kind of playing a role that uh that uh Bogdanovich had before they let. Why they let him go? I have no idea. Bruh, funny and he's because, in Atlanta. Exactly. Bro, it's crazy they let him go because he's yeah. a baller. baller. He's a very good player. So Huter, he's he's definitely not Bogdanovich. No. -uh. But he's a nice piece. Yeah, he's definitely a nice piece. He helps out. Uh, he can score. He shoots the three, and he's a. A better defender than I thought. That's true. He's a lot more athletic than I yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a he's pretty athletic. And I was just like, I guess I never really noticed in Atlanta because they got so many defenders. Mm -hmm. They got a bunch of athletic dudes, so you don't have to really play a lot of defense. You and Trey Young can kind of just guard whoever and get little passing lane steals like he usually gets because you got Collins and Hunter and all these dudes who who defend at a high level. But seeing him here on this team, he he guards a lot of the better players. Him and Harrison Barnes. Usually take on the better players, and then when Davion Mitchell comes in, obviously he gets a swing at him too. So I definitely like I like the chemistry. I like what they're trying to do. It definitely uh, uh, it just needs some time to work out the kinks. Like I said, we're, everybody's kind of looking bad right now. Like I said, the yeah. Warriors don't even look that good yeah. right now. And they 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 have a, a good enough coach, and the roster's looking cool mm -hmm. to where if they catch fire, they can be pretty dangerous. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I mean, you pushed the heat to mm -hmm. the brink. Mm -hmm. It took a it took a game winning. Literally shot to game winner. Yeah, no, they play well. Definitely, I definitely, I definitely think so they I think, got. I think it's starting to come around. It's gonna it's gonna take a minute, and I'm not gonna say they're gonna be a playoff team, or right. Even a play in team, but but I wouldn't be surprised if they were. Yeah, I, I definitely think the Kings should be a play in team. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. You know, whether they are that they do or don't, that's time will tell. But I definitely think they have, like you said, the roster and talent to at least make the play in and, and compete. Uh, we got Warriors Magics tonight. Um, it's only two games tonight. You got Warriors Magics and uh, Nuggets Thunder. Uh, Warriors three and five. The Magic one and seven. Even though the Magic are one and seven, Paolo Bancaro, <laughs> number overall pick, is definitely worth it. He scored. 20 points in, I want to say, all game, every game but two. Every game but two, he scored over 20 points or more. Uh, he's very good. He even be playing a lot of three. And, again, this is why we're telling you about the Duke players. Like, we just play out of position. So, they've been playing with Bobo, Paolo, and Mo Bamba are Paolo, Bobo, and uh, and uh, Wendell Carter. So, it's like, you know, and Bobo and, and, and Paolo – can both play interchangeable, play a three or a four, and it's it obviously it's not working record wise, but it looks it looks cool out there. It does. It looks cool. A lot it, of size it's out a lot there. of size and length out there, especially when you got smaller guards, as you got Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony, who have much shorter yeah. point guards. So your your wings and your front court 
very tall. And, you know, like I said, record-wise, it don't work. When you watch it, they look good. I just think they got to get better. Like, you know, that just comes with repetitions and playing together and putting in the work. But, again, they're playing against a word team that ain't looked that good and whose bench hasn't looked that strong outside of Jordan Poole. And if Jordan Poole don't play well off the bench, those are usually the games that the Warriors lose. So, or if Clay don't play, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, I definitely think uh, the Warriors, uh, you know, got this is, you know, it won't be an easy test, but uh, a test nevertheless. Warriors are fourth in the NBA and scoring 117 points per game. Uh, and and twelfth uh, in assists with uh uh oh no my bad that's third in assists with twenty nine assists per game so you already know they're very well passing um and they're great shooters so we'll see um the uh, Orlando Magic's rebound well and they uh protect the paint well top ten in the league in rebounding top ten in the league in blocks so we'll see but again the words don't go inside too much anyway. <laughs> So, you know, styles make fights. So, it should be fun. Again, I really just like watching Bobo play. I do, yeah. He's a very uh, entertaining guy, to say the least, uh, as far as his, his talent. Yeah, I always like Bobo. I liked him when he was at Oregon. I was like, man, this dude, this dude is out here. He's To see somebody with that skill set at that size mm -hmm. is dope to watch. Yeah. No, he's definitely... And you know, you just, you just, it's not too many super tall guys that last or have been too effective in the NBA. So it's, it's dope to see it. Right. When and it's, it's, when it's happening. Yeah. And the Nuggets had them buried on the bench. Oh. They only played them 10 minutes here, 10 That's minutes. True. Yeah. The Nuggets had a lot of, they, they but they're drive deep. super well. They're so true. It's and, hard, and, it's and, hard to, and the to Nuggets defense. Yes. Shit. You're it's right. It's hard to crack that roster because they drive so well and then they, they, usually bring in pretty key free agents or mm -hmm. they make trades, they bring in good players. Facts. So, I yeah. mean, but it, it it's just a testament to their front office, though. No, right, right, right. They do that thing over there. And now Bobo gets to start at the three for the Magics or at the four sometimes. Like I said, with him and Paolo uh, and Carter, they make a, a nice front court. It's fun to watch. Should be a fun game. Like I said, the Warriors just kind of want to see the, the bench and the young players continue to uh, – uh, find their role, find their find their niche, find uh, where they need to be at in the offense to to make the team successful. Because again, we expect the Warriors to get right. Mm -hmm. it, it just comes with time and getting reps in this system because it's such a, a, a tedious repetition to where you got to get used to doing this this at a high level uh, of playing basketball, especially the Warriors' offense. Uh, it's a lot of moving, a lot of screening, a lot of running around. You mm -hmm. got to know where you at and where you know you got to know where you need to be and you got to be there. It's about knowing and being. So I think it just takes a little time. But I do think the Warriors will get out of this slump as far as my nets. Um, we'll see what Jock Vaughn got. Like I said, like we said earlier, he got 75 games to stay this claim or they're going to be looking for a new coach uh, to, 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 to try to, man, make something of this roster that we got with all this talent, bro. <laughs> we got two of the most offensively gifted players in the NBA that potentially the NBA has ever seen. We got one of the uh, most intriguing talents with Ben Simmons, who can do a little bit of everything. We got a uh, depth buku out the butt. Yeah. And uh, it just, we ain't been successful, you know? It just ain't been that. We had the one little moment with KD on foot on the line versus Milwaukee. Man. And, like, that was the highlight that's been since they've been here. Other than that, it's been a lot of 
what we've seen lately. It's just been a lot of Kyrie antics, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and he's still drama and, yeah, drama and injuries, and it's just it's still going right now. I'm hoping we figure it out soon. It's still early in the season, so we got a, a, enough time to right the ship. Because as we know, winning cures all. All this can go by the wayside if we start winning games. So yeah. that's that. Uh, we got to take a quick little break. Y'all already know what it is. We finna switch over to football. Uh, we're gonna talk Thursday night football. We'll go over the games from last week. Uh, the Raiders was slacked, which was terrible. We'll get into that. My Titans uh, pulled out a, a, a tough one with Malik Willis starting his first game as a rookie. And um, no Debo Samuels, no problem. No problem. It's <laughs> the Bring the Wood Podcast. We'll be right back after these messages. Y'all already know what it is. Back in the building, man, switching it up. NFL talk. Man, trade deadline is officially over. Trades are through. And this probably was like... One of the livest trade deadlines I've been a part of in my in my NFL career, man. This is probably one of the livest trade deadlines. Uh, a bunch of trades. Uh, where do I start? Who do I start with? TJ Hawkinson went from the Lions to the Vikings. I thought that was crazy. Uh, Chase Claypool to the Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? We got William Jackson to the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bradley Chubb went to the Dolphins in a blockbuster deal. Uh, Chase Edmonds also went to the Broncos in that same deal with Bradley Chubb. The Niners traded Jeff Wilson, which was a surprise. I seen that one coming. I get, yeah, kind of. I just y'all usually always. Oh, you still? I be I forgot y'all drafted the rookie Davis Price too. Yeah. So makes sense now. Yep, Jeff Wilson traded to the Dolphins. Obviously needed a running back with trading Edmonds. Uh, probably the most shocking is one. Calvin Ridley, yes. suspended Calvin Ridley of the Atlanta Falcons, traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's that goes... smart, though. No, it's... It's smart. It's, it's freaking genius. Yes. I like... I like... I like... That's one of my favorite moves. No. We, we, we will... No, yes. It's not even going to take effect freaking next year. Genius, <laughs> man. Like, it's genius. Uh... uh, uh uh, Jacob Martin, the pass rusher, outside linebacker from the Jets. He was traded to the Broncos. Naeem Hines, running back from the Colts, traded to the Bills. Uh, cornerback Rashad Fenton, slot corner preferably, uh, for the Chiefs, traded to the Atlanta Falcons. And um, Dean Melrose traded to the Bills. Now, I could get, and then obviously, you know, CMC was traded a few weeks prior. Uh, Robert Quinn um, from the Bears to the Eagles. Obviously, we had a few moves in there. Um, obviously the Calvin really wants stood out. Uh, I definitely want to pencil that one quickly just for a little bit. It's probably not even my, it might, I think it is my favorite one. And it's for like reasons, like you said, like, and again, I was telling you about the Jaguars. I told you they give me Cincinnati Bengal vibes. Mm-hmm. I said, Trevor Lawrence needs him a number one wide receiver. He needs his. Jamar Chase to his, you feel me, Joe Burrow. Calvin Ridley, I don't know if people forgot, you know, out of sight, out of mind, fall off with Matt Ryan. Calvin Ridley is a number one wide receiver. All day, every day. I'm talking 14, 1,500 yards, eight-plus touchdowns, 80, 90 catches. He's a bona fide number one, probably... The one of the most complete receivers coming out of Alabama since probably Julio Jones. Absolutely. And that's no disrespect to Coop or any other guys in between. Uh 
Calvin really is really, really a baller. He reminds me of Stefan Diggs, kind of. Like, he reminds me of that builder's like, I can play inside, I play outside, I run all the routes, I go over the top, I go underneath. He's just a pure guy, and he he's quarterback friendly. He catches the ball really well. He has great hands. Um, and like you said, this is probably my favorite one. Um, and they got and they they got him relatively cheap. Yeah, they definitely got him relatively cheap because of the allegations going on with him with the gambling. So you know that you know. You get to get him for the low, which I I wouldn't know. I would have definitely drove a hard bargain for Calvin Ridley as far as Atlanta. But, you know. I mean, Atlanta, you and I. They, everything. Yeah, everything is, 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 is all profit. Yeah. So, it definitely was that. But And look where they at. They yeah. first in the division mm-hmm. with, with a guy they don't even. That's not even playing. Yeah, like we, we falling forward without you and you're not even going to play at all. So. Let's go get some value for him. You can't, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. I, I definitely think they won. Um, this puts the Jaguars even in a better place to where they don't have to draft a wide receiver now if they don't want to. Or if they don't have to, they're going to have a first-round pick. Very, very high this year. Top five pick when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a, a very good team. Like you said, we, they're lacking a number one wide receiver. And I think they can use some secondary help. And now you got a pick that's free that you don't have to force to draft a wide receiver with and it's it's you know it's a lot of it's just a lot of needs out there and i, I think i think that that pick was i think that that trade was like i said the most surprising and probably the best one but um you know obviously you feel the same way but uh you know is there another trade you've seen out there that you felt like was immediate immediate like oh, uh, they want this is this is the one this is the best trade i think the dolphins picking up bradley chad and they paid him. Mm-hmm. And they pay, paid, him. paid him well. Like, you, you you, had an issue getting to the quarterback. That's why they blitz so much, right? And now you go and get a DN who's one of the top guys in creating pressure. Mm-hmm. With some guys you already, some young guys you drafted the past couple years. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, that helps your D-line. That probably was their weakest spot. Linebackers are, you know, cool. Right. But you have a very good secondary. Then you know nothing helps their secondary in the back end like having a good front end. Talk about it. Yeah, it was, it was a good move. And then I just look at it like them those picks that they got from the Niners they really parlayed mm-hmm. them into some success. So you got, literally the key you, players. Yeah, you trade you drive Jalen Waddle one. Mm-hmm. You trade another one for Tyreek Hill, and now you trade another one for Bradley Chubb. So I mean, you talk about front office moves, they looking like they know what they over there doing. Mm-hmm. But that also made me question the way they handle the last coach. True that. Because it's like, bro, if y'all got all, if y'all can do all of this, what was all this yeah, at when Coach really, Flores yeah, was there? What's really going on? And that's what so, made me always think, like, bro, y'all really had it out for Coach Flores. And now just be probably, my thing. They probably just didn't like the way he was running stuff. Uh-huh. To me, he's a little more um, a disciplinarian, mm-hmm. more, more Belichick than... You know, then most they ain't want it, mm-hmm. and you see, and they yeah, gotta try to find a way to get him out of there, which mm-hmm. is, you know, y'all y'all made that choice. So. True, true, definitely true. But um, yeah, definitely, I, I definitely, yeah, Calvin really was a big one. And then yeah, uh, what about worse though? What about who you felt like made a move and it was like ah, uh, it could have been better. Um, the Steelers. That is crazy. How do you? Why do we pick the same yeah. ones? I'm gonna pick another one now. I had two, but yeah, that's a I'm, good one. 
I'm thinking like why like I don't think the issue was the receivers, you know. You got Claypool, you got Pickens, uh, Johnson, and you only. I mean, you didn't really lose nothing. You got to chase Claypool in the second round, and mm-hmm. you got a second round pick back for him. Mm-hmm. So you didn't really lose nothing. But then you went and got William Jackson. I don't think defense was the issue on your team. I think you probably could have went a different direction. I don't know how that how that move made you a better team. Honestly, yeah. I don't. That was definitely mine, William Jackson. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah. like. So it's like I don't I'm not understanding the move you made. And even with the with the with the Bears, like I guess I could see it like you're trading everybody away on the defense, but then you go and give a second round pick for a receiver. But I can also see it because you wanna evaluate your quarterback position. There's no way to do that without talent. Mm-hmm. Now you got you got another receiver for him. And then I guess that's just what they're going to do this year, see how the offense goes, see where they need to improve, and then just continue getting younger on the defense. But fix the offense first, and then why you got this guy on a rookie contract. Yeah. So I guess that kind of makes sense. But, yeah, that, that – uh, Yeah, the William Jackson something. And then nah, – no, I'll let you go. I don't want to take another one. No, and then the other one, mine personally, Naeem Himes to the Bills. Gotcha. It, okay. it feels cool on the surface, but it's like – James Cook kind of does that role. They got rid of Zach Moss in the deal also, so you did swap back for back. So you still only got three running backs. Mm-hmm. But I feel like all your backs do the same thing now. Yeah, yeah, I don't... Even Singletary, he might be slower than them, but he kind of does the same thing where he's just runner-receiver, shifty type of back. And it's like, eh, you guys still need a bruiser, kind of. I, I think but that's I think why they use Josh, Josh Allen. That's their running back, to keep it real. They just used the running back position on their team as another receiver. And that's why they went and got Naeem Himes. It's so like, we that's, need... That's so we can have him and James right. Cook. Now we got two wide right. running backs that received the ball back there. So now, if that's what you guys are going to do, it makes sense, but how sustainable is that plan? I don't know. Yeah, this is true. This is damn yeah. true. Another one I had, though, was uh, Minnesota getting TJ Hawkinson. Like, I get it because Irv Smith's always hurt. Mm-hmm. But how good is TJ Hawkinson going to be with Kirk Cousins? And why would the Lions trade within the division? That part was what made the, that part was what made the yeah. that's what made the trade bad. And I ain't gonna front because I was looking at that trade and on the surface I'm like, TJ can help open up, like he could be the Travis Kelsey to Tyreek Hill, like for Cousins. But then again, we're talking about Kurt Cousins. Is he going to be capable enough? To handle this, like, I think he's go he's he's going to be the reason they don't make it all the way. Like, I can't see it being because he has everything in front of him. You got a running back, two of them because Madsen's not bad at all mm-hmm. either. You got Justin Jefferson, arguably a top five wide receiver. Adam Thielen's still a very good wide receiver. Uh, Osborne has just uh, yeah. woken himself up to help out. Like you said, Irv Smith can't stay healthy. And we think T.J. Hawkinson is a, 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 a young ascending tight end in the league. And you trade him to the Vikings. Yeah, I mean. It's like, Dan, I've be, I been told you, I've been rooting for the Lions. But this is a a, a move that I did not understand. I, I, I still yeah. don't. I mean, you got a second and a third. Yeah, you got good picks for him. But it's but, like, he was a first-round pick. Yeah, that's that was a, he's, there's not a lot of good tight ends in the league. Just gonna come out and do block and catch right, right out the gate. And he was one of the ones up there. And there's nothing. I mean, I don't know what they plan on doing with the quarterback position. Um, 
But if you ever want to get a young quarterback and develop him, a tight end is key. And yeah, you guys definitely have one of the better young tight ends and, in the and league. Wow, with Dan Quinn being a tight end, yeah, it's like coach. It's like coach. You you, <laughs> you should know him better than anybody. So it's like coach. You play. Maybe you got him. somebody young on the roster. Yeah, tonight. maybe it's somebody we ain't seen yeah. like on the roster that maybe been making little plays on the under. And he need more reps or something, but or somebody might become available. Yeah, no, something. Know. Yeah, maybe he knows something we don't because. Yeah. Literally, like outside one. of Amin Ra, St. Brown, like this was your best offensive player. Swift is is nice too, yeah, but like he's not always available. Yeah, but like Hawkinson's every like yeah. Iron Man, Iowa football. Like you know how we feel about Iowa players. Yeah. Like these dudes are are grinders. So for for uh, for them to let him go like that was is surprising. Not was is still. So um no definitely um. A wild, wild trade deadline. Like I said, one of the most exciting. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to see these guys hit the fields with their new teams, just to see. You know, man, I, I, it was it was spicy. <laughs> Shout out to the NFL for giving us that little extra week for trade deadline. Hey. It gives teams just that extra little moment to be like, mm. it was it was Madden esque. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> Madden esque for our Madden players out there. It was definitely <laughs> Madden esque at the deadline for real, for real. And um, uh, <laughs> one of those deadline players. Helped out really well for we would like to say the San Francisco 49ers over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh Christian McCaffrey. Yes, sir. Full week of practice. In in the playbook hard. He's a very smart guy, Stanford grad. So yeah. he ain't no dummy. No, he's been around football his whole life. You know what I'm saying? Been in the, so know what the playbook look like. No. Ain't too much he ain't seen. And again, like we said before the break, no Debo? No problem. Not a problem at all. Uh the Niners handle business, which we kinda expected. Before we even knew Debo was going to be out. Right, because it's the Rams, and they, they play well against the Rams for they some did, odd reason. Just Jimmy, show Jimmy up. Garoppolo G- really G- likes playing against the Rams. If he could play the Rams every week, he'd be a Hall of Fame player. Hall of Famer. And, um, yeah, Christian, Christian McCaffrey put on a show. He put on a show for, for us to let everybody know that he's still, he's still one, of the, one of the better backs in the league. Uh, he threw a touchdown, ran a touchdown, and he also caught one. He basically just he basically did what Debo would do. Like it was like dominated. Yeah. It's, in, instead of him having like twelve catches and and eight rushes, it was a lot of rushes and a few catches. Mm-hmm. But it all led to a success. And I think that's going to be the fun part is watching Christian McCaffrey and Debo on the field at the same time and watching teams have to figure out how to stop these uh these weapons. Like these two dudes are going to be Big time playmakers, uh, game changers, and like I said, like once they are in the backfield at the same time, teams are going to lose their mind. It's going to be a uh, 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 very hard to deal with. Coach Shanahan understands that. Usually, like we always, like we said before the trade, usually you guys make any running back look good. So it's like, well, how about let's get a good running back and put him back there and let's see what happens. Yeah. In. And it's 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 been everything. I think Christian McCaffrey is what they thought Jared McKinnon was going to be when he first got there. Yes, you got an athlete that's shifty, that can run, mm-hmm. that can move. But with McKinnon being so banged up and injury prone, mm-hmm. it never came to fruition. Now you have a proven player back there that when things break down, and he's so knowledgeable and athletic, 
and he can make something out of nothing. And it's mm-hmm. it's almost magical to watch. I'm not gonna maybe I'm just fanning out a little bit, but uh, it'd be like that from time to time <laughs> though. Like it, it happens. But yeah, again yeah. though, and it's as a perfect player for that system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 even better wording. Like he's just the perfect player for this game. He's the the back that fits this offense. Like, you know, it's a couple of guys, but like y'all got one of them. Right. And he and he's been making plays. Um, I feel like he just motivates. He gives everybody a little juice, like you know, a juice in the locker room. You 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 happy to see him yeah. on the field walk out, and you like, man, he's on our side. I'm gonna give a little bit more effort because we got him, and I know he gonna give effort. Yeah, and it just and just messes with the other defense because that's another problem because you you're not so worried. Like when you got Jeff Wilson back there, it's like yeah, he runs harder. He might catch a pass out the backfield. He can run good routes, catch Elijah Mitchell the same thing. But Christian McCaffrey is the type of dude that can line up anywhere, do anything, score from anywhere. Mm-hmm. And now you can't really focus in on Debo and what they like to do with Debo. You can't really focus in on IU. I think he going. I think IU going. Oh my gosh! It's like now, now you don't have him between Debo, Kittle, yeah. and McCaffrey pulling coverage. Yeah, so it's like you can't like you know where Jimmy likes to put the ball, and it's like I can't really focus there because now I got to worry about this guy. There this mm-hmm. guy. When you put more weapons on the field, it makes it that much harder to mm-hmm. focus in on one thing. Yep. Now you can't put all these folks in the crowd in the middle of the field because mm-hmm. I can throw a swing to, to oh, yeah, Christian. Oh, be gone. Uh, put everybody in the middle and stop me from throwing across the middle. Here's a swing or a screen. You know what I'm saying? And just, and like yeah, you he said. Th- he threw a, a check down pass to McCaffrey last week and he caught it and right when he caught it, he hit a spin move back to the inside. Stiff arm Ramsey. Pick up a first down. I was like, well, I was, that was like, that's all him. Yeah, that was special. You know what I'm right saying? There. That's just straight ad living. Yeah. No, and it's it's it, it's it's great. It is great to see. Um I, I definitely like Christian McCaffrey in the offense. He he definitely keeps the Niners in the in in the hunt. You know what I'm saying? He definitely keeps our contenders uh in the playoffs and for a championship, especially with the NFC being wide open. Like it's yeah, it's and wide. And now we get a bye week. Get um, some rest. He get another week yeah, to just laugh. Players back get healthy. healthier. Yeah. <laughs> It, it brings some optimism back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because the way you talk, it sounds so much different, man. <laughs> you know, hey, <laughs> hey, I was this. I was like, man, I'm just, you know, I'm just want to see some young players do good. You know, not expecting much. Freaking Jimmy. Yeah, they, they, they Five probably, weeks, six weeks yeah, later. Like, they was like, they probably sat there and said the same thing. It was like, you know what? We got a small window to do what we got to do. All let's, hands on deck. Yeah, let's go all in. You can't sit back and let, keep letting... The Rams get everybody. Facts, because who? And because you found out after y'all after the trade broke, who was the team in the running with y'all? And then after the deadline, you seen the Rams offered um, Carolina two first round picks for uh, Brian Burns. Uh huh. And they turned Turn it, it down. down. It's like yeah, they, mm-hmm. the Rams and the Rams reached out for Alvin Kamara. They, the Bills they, did yeah, too. That's, that's what I'm like, saying. The Rams like, always go all. And as a fan, it's like man, that's what you like to see. Your yeah. team is trying to actively win. Cause you seen season. my squad. I don't. We get we get more into to that tomorrow football Friday. <laughs> uh, got a lot more to talk about about them Titans. This is we gonna talk about high note for the Titans. Malik Willis started his first game for us um, on Sunday versus the Texans. Uh, he didn't do much, but he got us a dub. He threw an interception. He was sacked three times. Pick was a forced pass. Jim just trying to see what that what his arm could do. He know now. <laughs> you got to work on time and anticipation. Don't just force nothing in there because these boys get paid uh, just like you do, and they play football. Uh, but outside of that, 
We just do what we do best. Hand the ball to the guy with the dreads wearing the 22 jersey. And everything else will kind of just work itself out. 32 carries, 219 yards, two touchdowns. Derrick Henry. It, literally, that was it. Defenses, like I said, our defenses caught stride over the last four or five weeks were playing well. And Derrick Henry looked like Derrick Henry of old. He looked like the injury is past him. He looks comfortable. He don't look nervous. He's cutting off of it. He's juking. He's jumping. So he seems healthy. Uh, uh, even uh, Hilliard came in off the bench, eight carries for 80 yards. We rushed for for uh, almost 300 yards of uh, just rush offense alone. Um, again, we don't got no receivers. Yeah. Can't yeah. throw the ball to nobody. It's just Robert Woods. If he ain't open, we're going to run. So, again, that's my downfall. I'll I'll divulge deeper into that, but I truly do think we needed a, a weapon at the deadline. We should have brought in somebody. So much people was out there open. I think we needed something on offense, whether it was a tight end or a wide receiver. We needed something to help out with the offense. But, again, that's variable. Chip off the old Belichick block. You know how that go. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? What we got in-house will work. So, I'm hoping um, when Racy McMath come back, hopefully Racy McMath can help us be our deep threat because he showed some flashes in the preseason, but he been hurt since the preseason. So uh, it, it, we just got to wait it out and see. Um, I also want to know what the, as far as the Texans, though, I really want to know what they're going to do with Davis Mills. Like He don't look bad, for real. Yeah, but he don't look like that guy that's going to put you up. Over the hump. Yeah. Maybe he'll continue to develop. And that and that's where I, and that's the limbo thing. It's like, bro, the team's so depleted. How good can he look? But then at the same time, you like, well, the great ones would still show flashes in the midst of some bullshit. Mm-hmm. And he kinda ain't, but he don't look again, he don't look terrible though. Like, he don't look like he don't belong. Right. He don't look like he don't he don't even necessarily don't look <laughs> like he's not supposed to be a starter. Like he look like he could be a starter in the league. But again, the Texans don't really have any talent. They we're gonna they gonna have a top pick coming up in the draft, so we'll we'll see what they do with it. They got a nice offensive line, two very good tackles, and Howard and uh and uh, Laramie Tunsil drafted the rookie ta- uh, guard Green out of uh, Mississippi State. Like they got some talent. Ooh, excuse me, but um, definitely I definitely just want to figure out what they're gonna do with Davis Mills. Uh, the Brandon Cooks debacle at the end of the trade deadline. I really thought. I think he thought he was going to be traded. He's not even going to play tonight in the Thursday game. We'll talk about that when we get to it. But, but I think that had a lot to do with him thinking he was going to be traded, and the fact that he didn't get traded kind of like just you know settling on away, bro. He tired of being on this weak ass team. Respectfully, Brandon Cooks is used to playing for contenders. Uh, yeah, like you yeah. know what I'm saying from New Orleans. To the Rams, to the Patriots, like he's known for playing on contender teams. This is probably the only team he's been on that's not been good. So I can see why. Yeah, I mean that's talking about a guy that's been in two Super Bowls. You know what I'm saying? And lost both of them. So I'm sure he wants to get back. Yeah, and, he, and win win a Super Bowl. He's definitely not trying to spend the rest I of his. Honestly, was surprised that the Rams didn't make a move to go. They said they tried to bring him back. I was surprised. They said they tried to bring that's... him back, but they they didn't. I don't think people realized how the the. Uh, the, it's like a cap deadline. So, like, before the trade deadline, it's a cap deadline for teams to split money for traded players. Mm. So, Brandon Cooks get $18 million next year, base salary regardless. Yeah. A lot of teams not trying to pay that. So, 
uh, it's like three days before the trade deadline. It's like the like the split deadline. I don't know the exact wording for it, but because the Cowboys are trying to get Brandon Cooks too, but I don't think pe- people know when that deadline is, so they missed it, and nobody wanted to take on eighteen million dollars of Brandon Cooks money. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everybody missed the deadline to where they'd have been able to split it, and they could have paid eight or nine, and then the Texans would have paid the other eight or nine, and then they would have did it like that. When you miss that, they're like, nah, you're yeah. going to pay it all. It's like, I don't know. I want to pay $18 million right. for a guy who's going to potentially be our, you know what I'm saying, third, second or third receiver. Yeah. So it, it makes sense. But, again, it's a talented receiver stuck in a bad situation. But he getting paid. He got a nice little piece of money over there. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, again, uh, no word on Tannehill. He ain't practiced this week yet either. But it still sounds like we're going to go with him. But that was what it sounded like last week, and we went with Malik Willis. So we won't know till probably Saturday night, Sunday morning. We won't know. Malik Willis said they told him he was starting Tuesday, but they told him not to tell anybody. So he didn't get to tell his parents till Saturday <laughs> night and had to get them on a flight to Texas to make the game. So, you know, Verbal's chip off the whole Patriot block. He's going to keep his hands to his chest, keep his cars to his vest. And we won't know if Malik Willis or Ryan Tannehill starting probably till Saturday evening, Saturday night, early into the morning of Sunday, just to keep that pressure on Kansas City because we got a big one coming up on Sunday night. So, but uh, on to uh, less bright news on the winning sh- on the winning side. We're going to the losing side, and it was a bad loss for the Raiders. It was it was terrible. It was so bad that McDaniel's had to come out and take all the blame. And 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 he does deserve a fair amount of the blame because he's starting to give me that point. Like I was saying, is where I feel like he might just be a great offensive coordinator. He might just be really good at calling plays, only having to focus on a defense and what they're going to run against his offense and not focusing on running a team and making a team be successful week in and week out. Because... Team success and offensive success is two entirely different things. Two entirely different things. So as on the Patriots, all he really cared about was his offense being successful. You know, obviously you want to win, but you can't control that when you're an OC. You can only control what you control. And as a head coach, winning comes on you and your quarterback. And I do think um, they both can take a little bit of this split. I I do think Derek Carr has regressed. I don't know if it's the new system. We already know the Patriots system is very complex. Mm-hmm. And I think we forgetting that at the same time as we just looking at McDaniels and how good of a coordinator he is. We're not thinking about the scheme he brings and where he brings it from. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I've also seen Tim Tebow in this game. <laughs> he went to the playoffs. Different scheme. Different scheme. <laughs> same coach. Agree. I do agree. I mean, he, did, he definitely adapted it to what Tebow was good at, which makes me think, there's no way that he couldn't adapt it this game for Derek Carr. So what's the problem? You have way more weapons. And that's why I say it got to be a little bit of both. That's why I can't let Derek.